So this started out as a side project from the main at the table stuff. This, these conversations where I've been calling them not okay together because I'm not okay. And I try to, and most other people are not okay. Maybe you're not okay. And I try to check in with people, sometimes people that frankly, I've been looking for a reason to reach out to and have a conversation, but the regular stuff that I do you know, my background as a political reporter, White House reporter for seven years. There's no reason for me to justify a conversation. But this has, and this is the perfect example of a justification for the person I'm bringing in right now, because A, unless we were talking about the overlap of comparative politics in like a Star Wars universe, I cannot think of a reason that I would have had to talk to Chuck Wendig, who is an author of my favorite piece of fiction from last year, the novel Wanderers. Uh, He's got uh, a couple other projects working on uh, in the near future, and just this week announced a middle grade novel, Dustin Grimm, that's coming out in what I hope is the aftertimes. Chuck, thank you so much for spending some time with me. Oh, thank you for having me. It's good to talk to you. Yeah, likewise. This is, um, we, we have never done this. I think I've tried desperately to get you to like come to my Animal Crossing Island. And this is, I think yeah. th- this is a better uh, first. This is better. Yeah. yeah. But also I will come to your island and, and taunt it. My friends and I have this, um, and, and I would, I would hope that you would include yourself in this. Uh, we try to leave on the little message board near the resident services hall you know, the, the limitations are pretty, you know, you basically have a pen and some text. We try to leave the most vulgar messages on each other's. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I would. That's nice. Unfortunately, I, I share an island with an eight year old. So unfortunately, the vulgarity can't, is only one direction. That's I'm totally fine with that. I uh, one directional vulgarity is actually uh, the name of uh, the, the pornography that I'm working on. So. <laughs> also a good band name. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I've never been cool. So I've never, do you play an instrument by the way? I don't, I don't play, I play nothing. I used to play drums. Um, I mean, I guess I still could do it, uh, but it's been a while. <laughs> it's it's it, the skills have degraded is what you're saying. Yeah, I could, I, I could make noise. I mean, that's for sure. Well, I mean, so could I, but I guess your noise would probably be superior to my noise. Well, um, eh. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we could find out, but there's we really could. no way to do that right now. No. Aside from not playing the drums, how the fuck are you? Because I feel like you already have a very isolated profession. Like you, you on Twitter, you post photos of your writing shed that is, I think, in the process of being remodeled, if I'm following uh, along. <clears throat> no, built, built, actually. And Complete. it's built, it's done, yeah, it's done. But like, you've got a very kind of weird profession that, you know, could could involve you spending a lot of alone time anyway. So how how the hell are you doing, and how has this how has your life turned either upside down or not in the last couple of months? The uh, I don't. Here's the thing. I don't have an answer. <clears throat> I think I sh- I have an answer, but I don't really have an answer. And I, uh, when it comes to asking me almost literally anything these days, I find that. Uh, I cannot summon quick answers to often simple questions. Well, this has and been a lovely and Chuck Wendig, thank you very much yeah. for the time. <laughs> and then I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> See, this was easy. I'm done. I don't have to worry about this at all. That's a secret to every podcast. You'd be like, hell if I know. And then I can hang up. <laughs> that's, that's actually good. that's gonna be tony fauci's uh mo in like four <laughs> minutes when he's yeah. completely fucking done with these people how the hell should i know yeah <laughs> yes like yeah goodbye yeah so no, you I find, a- I like yeah i find like uh my brain is a force field and questions bounce off of it and i'm like i don't know i just don't know like what how you know how do i get 
the TV on? How am I doing? What is that bird? I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know. And it's, it's very hard to sort of push through the pudding of my brain to like summon an answer. And I'm almost like, I don't care. I don't know. I don't care. Push through the pudding is actually another adult project that I'm working yeah, on. Yeah. And also the album of the band. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been in therapy for like most of my adult life, but yeah. in the last like five years, I remember specifically the one of the first sessions, the, the, the first time that my therapist like pushed back on me. And it was because he said, you keep saying, I don't know. And yeah. he's like, I realize that for you, I don't know is the worst. And, yeah. and, and he was absolutely right for me. I hate not knowing more than anything. So, f- so for me, not knowing is the ultimate, like that is the ultimate failure. And as someone who's kind of lived inside his head, it's like your brain saying, you know, fuck you basically to yourself. Yeah. 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 And I just, and I, and it's a rejection that I, you know, can't pos- It's like, I've acknowledged my own failure. And I feel like this moment is filled with that. Like there's just yeah. constant buffeting of, yeah, I just don't, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, cause technically, I mean, I try to recognize that I'm very privileged and fortunate. I mean, I, I, well, I don't technically have a quote unquote job. I have, you know, books to write and contracts for a while. And so like, I will be okay for a while, uh, presuming that the industry does not totally, you know, (laughs) crap its pants. We'll be fine. Like I'll be okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so, and you know, and I, we moved recently, so we were fortunate to be able to have done that before all of this happened because where I was living before would have been a little hinky. Uh, so like I try to recognize that I'm very fortunate and very lucky while at the same time, um, leaving room for that completely, uh, unmoored, unpinned feeling like just feeling it's like a sensory deprivation tank for my brain. And then I ping pong wildly between emotions. Sometimes I'm like, this is a great day. I get the sun's shining and I'm good. And then I'm like, Oh my God, everything's falling apart. The terror of the world is coming. And then it's, it's like a weird, I, and then sometimes I'm weirdly giddy and then I feel guilty. Yeah. I actually want to, so the, the, the terror part makes me think of something because again, kind of thinking about the, the writerly world, I don't know anything about the industry. You know, my, my entire career has been in radio. Um, there, there's a very, radio is very ephemeral. As soon as you put something out, it's gone. It doesn't exist permanently. Like even, <laughs> yeah. like it used to be that there would be tapes or records or like cassettes or CDs or whatever. And now everything exists kind of, and at least, at least there's something physical at, about the way most of your writing exists. But somebody once described writing to me as like farming. Like you, you plant seeds, you hope some of them grow. You don't know for sure for months or years. And, you know, you, you just kind of, and, and I think about that because you've actually got, you, you've got this one book that's, that just got bought, the Dustin Grimm that I mentioned a minute ago. You've got a recently successful novel that, that again, I enjoyed the hell out of. Thank you. Um, you've got a book based on, it was fantastic. And we will talk about the fact that you definitely wished for success on a monkey's paw because everything <laughs> in I, yeah. that is, it's happening now. And we could yeah. talk about how this is all your fault. We, we, yeah, um, I accept that. 
book based on inspirational tweets that I legitimately wasn't sure was real or you were just fucking with all of us. And like, and then yeah. I looked at your website before this conversation. I was like, and then like four secret books or three more secret books to announce. And I was like, first of all, fuck you. This is <laughs> no, because this yeah. is like when people are like Shakespeare wrote Lear in quarantine. I'm like in, in the next pandemic, they'll be like, you know, Chuck Wendig had 17 books in the <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. You know, he was, he, you should be more like Chuck. He was the one. So obviously all of this is stuff. These are seeds you planted a long time ago. Yes. So my two questions are one, has it been difficult to kind of continue to juggle and spin plates the way you needed to back in the before times? And two, that's question one. Question two, do you feel the intense guilt of having success in an, an international tragedy oh. <laughs> because I'm thinking, yeah. no, because I'm thinking like Casablanca won the best picture in 43, Ooh. you know, it's yeah. like, it's like they had to be like, you know, I mean, we did make a good movie, but you know, Oops. it was some, there's some dark shit in there, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, uh, so, so those are my two questions. Yeah. Um, so I, um, I work is hard right now. Um, yeah. it's like pulling, cotton out of like the advil bottle like you're like like it sucks you're like i'm trying to get to the pills but i have to move this cotton but every day <laughs> is new cotton inside the brain and i keep having to like tug through this weird material to get to the words and uh so and and right now i mean i'm fortunate enough that right now what i'm doing is editing i don't have i'm editing the middle grade actually dustin Grimm. so i it's like hard you, you know i don't have to worry about processing new words um, but, uh, I do have to sort of fix right. broken ones. And sometimes I'll find myself just reading a page or two over and over again. And it's the same way that when you ask me, how are you doing? I don't have a good answer. It's like, what do I do with these two pages? And I just stare at them and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know. Um, and so that's been the difficulty for me is just sort of conjuring, uh, not the motivation. I feel like the motivation is okay, but sort of pushing through, in making sense of things inside my head. Cause sometimes I feel like, shouldn't I be doing other things? Shouldn't I be doing my, cause like half my day yes. seems to be spent digitally hunting and gathering for supplies. I'm like, where will I find eggs this week? And I will like <laughs> seek the internet. <laughs> and it's like, so I, you know, I feel like my Surely there's is, a black egg market. There's somewhere. a black egg market <laughs> somewhere. And it turns out actually yeah. the neighbor across the street will now just give us eggs, which is very nice. So um, that's amazing. You have it a good really neighbor. is. We have a good neighbor. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's going, but it's going much more slowly than usual. And, um, do I feel guilty? I mean, I don't know if I feel guilty in the sense of like, uh, that may be the wrong word. I just, uh, you know, as, as a like raised Catholic, I process all feelings through guilt. That's <laughs> all the lens. The, the lens is guilt. Yes. Yeah. All, it's the, all it, things are like, you're a fish in water and you don't even realize the water is guilt. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and so what is, how does your water taste? Mine tastes yeah. like guilt. It's like guilt. Uh, yeah, it's, it's odd. It's an odd feeling to sort of find any kind of, um, success in this time or, um, you know, and uh, even to have like work to do is, it feels very privileged. I try not to let it be guilty, yeah. but I do try to recognize it as a, as an intense privilege and try to use, um, what I have to, um, you know, if I'm having people deliver, I'm tipping astronomically, you know, I'm giving to sure, you yeah. know, restaurant charities to make sure people have work. It's just like, you're just trying to like make it all, <laughs> make it all, it's almost like carbon credits for your soul. Like I just, everyone else is doing much more important work than I am. <laughs> Just trying to get it out there. 
I like I like the idea of like a carbon tax on on positivity, like like or on on good fortune, which is actually how I think uh, the economy should work in an ideal universe. Yeah, but probably. It's weird because you describe the motivation and you say the motivation is there, but the the brain cotton gets in the way. I feel like the motivation is there, but for me, it feels almost more primal. Like, yes, I'm motivated to do things, but that's because my body wants the feeling of being alive and productive. Yeah. Not because I want to do the thing that I want to do. You know what I mean? Sure. Which is, it's not entirely different, but it is in the sense that it's activating my lizard brain as opposed to activating my, like, you know, creative brain, which is, you know, again, maybe, you know, my lizard brain has a lot more, to use your phrase, brain cotton surrounding it than, yeah. than my, you know, I don't know. It, it feels worse. <laughs> yeah. So what is the thing when you're having those difficulties, what is the thing that kind of creeps in the sides? Because for me... I, I, I've been, I've suffered from depression, anxiety, a bunch of other stuff, most of my adult life. Like I said, uh, therapy for a long time. I find that it is a very dark place right now. And I imagine that there is for anybody, but especially someone who, you know, deals with, you know, you, you've been no stranger to, you know, these themes and I'm imagining they come from somewhere like they, and is, is, is there, what are the crevices right now that, that leak in kind of the bad stuff and what, what are they leaking in? Uh, this will sound weird, but they're not really leaking in anything. Um, I, (laughs) my anxiety during all of this has been fairly quiet. And uh, I think it's, it's because waiting. it's it's what it's smug. It's, <laughs> it's uh, it's it feels like. Well, see, I like I told you, dumbass. Like I told you this was all happening, and now it feels very like full of itself, like self righteous. You know, I yeah. was right, and now it's like I'm just gonna sit back for a while and just like you could just kind of marinate in the the present. My anxiety is so much about worrying about the future that the present is so messed up. Like my anxiety has, it's just fine. It's like, no, no, you just take, you just swim in this for a while and I'll see you, (laughs) I'll see you when it's over and then I'll be back. So, uh, like I haven't really felt super worried because like I've always been worried and this is like, well, there it is. Like I've been worried about all this crap before and this is, it's now it's here. I don't know. I'm sorry to laugh, but I feel like that is that is it is a terrible superpower to be burdened with is to know <laughs> yeah. that you. G- and while we're talking about the fact that you've predicted all, all of the trauma, I have to say for people who have not read Wanderers, A, read it. B, you predicted, aside from the political landscape, which I think you've accurately summed up, I've thought a lot about. You know, we've seen this week Hillary Clinton decide to pop her head out in the kind of whack-a-mole of people endorsing Joe Biden, yeah. and I, and and there's there's a lot in Wanderers about what would happen in a crisis if a lady were in charge, and um, so you get a lot of that right, but you also get a lot of really you know kind of messed up details like you know the involvement of bats and weird diseases and all this, and I'm like, okay, yeah, um, is there a part of you in the back of your mind that is like? Do I have, am I God? Well, (laughs) here's the thing, right? So most of this stuff, and this is actually why it's almost more frustrating. Most of this stuff was, like, I didn't make it up. It was obvious. This is all, we knew 
this was coming. Like bats were never like a new vector for diseases, right? I, and this just, isn't this isn't even your first foray into that type of fiction. Like no, you've done other yeah. stuff in that genre before. Yeah, Invasive is literally about a, a woman who has the ability of the foresight, not a psychic ability, but literally just she's a futurist and her entire job is to sort of predict the black swan events of the world. In fact, originally Wanderers was kind of an invasive sequel, believe it or not. So, Oh, that's, that's interesting. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Okay. So, but the one detail in Wanderers that was like, I mean, cause like I didn't, you know, I didn't make up white supremacy. I didn't make up bats or oh, fungal diseases. Chuck, right. I've seen your beard. You may have been I involved have, in I the origin yeah. of white. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. So the one, the one thing where I'm like, Oh no, was the fact that, the coronavirus was uh, preemptively predicted by an artificial intelligence, an algorithm called Blue Dot. And in the book, it's Black Swan. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's really weird. It's like, it's a color and a word, and it's two words, and it's a BL color. It's not even like red and green. It's like black and blue. And I was like, oh, that was strange. That one was like, I was like, maybe I summoned something. Maybe I conjured this timeline, and I'm very sorry. Well, you know, for the last couple of years, I feel like there have been people like drink the sarcophagus juice or like move the stone <laughs> tablets, and every yeah. time, uh, and every time I'm like read yep. Chuck's book, and I'm like all these things, and you know, I don't want to say they're connected, but you definitely actually I, did it. I definitely did it. It's my fault. Yeah. While I'm talking about book stuff, only because I was having a conversation with a few friends of mine who are much more into some of the well. I, I don't want to pre preview the genre that I'm about to get into because as soon as I mention one of the names, you'll know exactly the genre that they were uh, that mm -hmm. they're into that mm -hmm. I'm not into. But they had said you have to ask Chuck about this because I remember seeing something on Twitter about a collaboration of Chuck Wendig, Neil Gaiman, and Chuck Tingle, and I was like, that can't possibly. First of all, the Lord is not that good. Like nobody's <laughs> is so is that is that some kind of like Hugo Award like trolling or like what what is actually is that real because uh, I've I, never heard of this is this a thing no but I feel like if you write about it maybe it'll be maybe because you have the Death Note book yeah. you will be able to put you know kind of will Death it into Note reality <laughs> yeah yeah maybe <laughs> I should put it I should just tweet about it that's how I got the Star Wars job I'll just tweet that <laughs> me Chuck Tingle and Neil Gaiman wouldn't that be great if we worked on a book together and it'll just happen I mean I first of all let's be honest I don't want to do that to Neil Gaiman I feel I feel like I would <laughs> like I you know I uh I would watch the shit out of that show where it was like two Chucks and a Neil like yeah. you know it's just <laughs> and you guys just like you know ruining Neil Gaiman's life yeah, slowly but you know I the first time I met Neil was I was at um uh, I did an event, uh, the Margaret Atwood birthday event. I guess it was like five years ago. Oh, my and, goodness. And um, I <laughs> was fortunate enough to be able to speak. I, actually, I was also there this year, but I didn't speak. I was just happily in the audience. But so that year, it was uh, all genre authors. It was me and Aaron Bergenstern and Lev Grossman and Neil Gaiman doing little talks and speeches and stuff in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. So uh, I... Literally got there I, what I thought was early at the event, and they're like, they showed me to the green room. And I went into the green room, and the only person in the green room was Neil Gaiman. And I'd never met him before. And uh, all I said was, I can, I can leave. And that was, I was just like, I was like, I can leave. Like, don't, this is your space. I don't, like, that was my first opening move with Neil Gaiman was, I can leave. Like, I don't, I shouldn't be here. I, this is. You know, I don't belong here. And I've, I've told Margaret that. I was like, I don't, I, I don't, you were very nice to me. Like, I feel like you're just, 
you're helping me, but you're damaging your literary legacy just by talking to me, honestly. Associating with me at all is, <laughs> is poison for your legacy. What are you doing? Like, thank you. It's helping me a lot. But it's, uh, and you know, she, thankfully she doesn't care. She just keeps on going. So that's how I felt with Neil. I was like, oh no, I don't, I don't belong in this room. I have to get the hell out of here quickly. So, and he just like, was like, no, come in. And I was like, and he looked at me like I was an idiot, which is a fair assessment on his part. First of all, I was not expecting um, a, what is, what is kind of billed as a Neil Gaiman story, but really a a Chuck Wendig, you know, being, you know, awkward story, which I I absolutely love. One more book question, because I want to talk more about how we're doing in quarantine. But when you, you know, you're writing this Dustin Grimm, which is a middle grade novel, and you talk about writing it in, basically because you've got a child that will be of the age to appreciate it yeah, when it's, yeah. by the time it's done. Uh-huh. And I think about one of the things that I've seen that, that, that Gaiman has talked about is that, you, you know, why do you write for children? And it's because, you know, you're influencing minds. And I think about that all the time because I think about all the things that I read as a kid, whether it was, you know, the phantom toll booth or all, you know, like the, the weird stuff that just kind of percolates in the back of my memory, kind of the, the scenery on the stage of my mental imagination and all of it is those weird books that I read as a kid. Yeah. Do you have your son in mind when you're writing it and like, you're like, Oh, I want to make him feel this thing. Or is it more, again, I have no idea process and my son is three months old. So all I want to do is keep him alive at this point. Yeah, no, that's even true when they get eight, you're just like, please just be alive. Uh, everything else is (laughs) icing on that particular cake. No, I don't know. I don't really, um, because this is my first, the kids' kids' book, I and mean, I've written um, young adult before, uh, but this is the first time I've kind of gone a step down to to kid kids. Um, I don't worry so much about any sense of like lessons or um, ideas. I just want to, you know, tell a story which is both fun for them and thrilling in some way, and uh, sc- you know, just a little scary and. Um, mm-hmm. Sort of not, you know, I don't want to weigh them down with big ideas, but also I want them to find things in there that are challenging and that make them think and not just in a way that's like spoon fed ideas. So I'm not really concerned about specific Mm -hmm. ideas just so much as I want to create an engaging narrative. Um, you know, with complicated protagonists. I'm looking forward to it, even as an adult reading it. I guess I have to, because I mentioned it earlier, ask about the book based on inspirational tweets. I was looking for the title of this, and I was looking on Twitter, and the best thing that I I couldn't find, again, I thought it was potentially a joke. I wasn't sure if this was real. And I was searching to, to verify in my mind whether or not it was a joke or not. And somebody had tweeted at you, this is like two years ago, um based on a, you know, a Twitter interaction, and they suggested that you title it, Fuck the Days That Have Come Before. <laughs> um, and if that isn't the title, yeah, I know that that would probably tank its sales. Um, <laughs> you know, I, who, who knows? I don't know. The putting, the, the put, dropping fuck in a title is, is almost overtly trendy now. Uh, <laughs> what the days that have come before? Did I ever say that? It was your tweet, and he was like, and the person responding was like, you have to make sure that that's the title oh of the God, book. Again, this is like two years ago, Twitter advanced search. Yeah. I'm not a, like, I'm not a Chuck super fan in the sense that I don't have oh, like a I catalog yeah. Fry, it's a, it's of a your tweets. One. Yeah. Oh, that would be good. Fuck the days that have come before. Damn. It's too, it's too late. <laughs> I, it's, it already has a different title. What's the other title? The other title is You Can Do Anything, Magic Skeleton. So this this is a book about not wearing pants and being positive. Ish. And positive ish. Okay. 
every Ish. you know every positive motivational tweet usually goes takes a hard left turn by its end so yes i i enjoy that a great deal and does that reflect like we've we've seen a lot from the from the president for example uh. Uh, lessons this last few days on on sarcasm and and its mm. use in uh public discourse sure so is that he sarcasm, wasn't being sarcastic uh, though. we all know that right like he doesn't have any sense. I mean, he's he was not being sarcastic. Chuck, yeah, I I for one take the president. <laughs> of course, <laughs> everything he says is obviously either true or artful sarcasm. He's a, sat- well, a master of satire. Wouldn't that you know, be a thing? Like I, I, you know, I, so he just rips his face off, and it's it's, an, it's like Andy. Andy yeah, it's just Andy. Yeah, <laughs> he's just there. You know, I mean, the the worst part about this is from from my um, my campaign trail. So now the going back to on the, before, you know, I was always on the White House beat. I was on the campaign trail. Uh, I I was on a plane on the way back from Mar-a-Lago and I happened to be seated next to Don McGahn, who was, you know, president's uh, you know, White House counsel and at the time was just the guy who was helping Trump get elected and also a, a previous uh, FEC guy, chairman who had been involved in, you know, getting everything out of, you know, money into politics. He was like, you know, as much money as possible. The other thing that Don McGann and I have in common is that we're both Notre Dame grads. And I had spent the day after the the rally or the, you know, the event on the beach in a Notre Dame t-shirt getting sand everywhere. And he was in like a three-piece suit on the flight back from, from West Palm Beach. And so we talk about this, we talk about Notre Dame, and we actually have a real conversation. And the reason I bring this all up is not to drop his name or to say that I was shabby or whatever. It's he genuinely, the the one thing that, that sticks out in my mind is he was describing Trump's self image is genuinely that of Batman. <laughs> and as someone who loves Batman, oh. I can think of no oh. worse thing oh, no. than that. Exactly. Like he really <laughs> believes that he is the billionaire Bruce Wayne who is going that to simultaneously somehow makes Trump worse and kind of ruins Batman a little. I I know I wanted this was the entire conversation was to stealth ruin Batman for yeah. you. I'm sorry, yeah, you did it. I was the Marvel people paid me a lot of money to do this. Yeah, can I tell you <laughs> the Batman? I tried writing Batman once because I got oh really? Yeah, I got hired to do what they call an inventory issue, which is like uh, almost like a spec script for a pilot, like. Okay. We don't, or for a show that exists, like a, a, they just wanted me to write an issue of Batman that wasn't really intended to get made uh, or published. It's just like to gauge my writing and to see if I could be hired for future DC work. Um, so I gave Bruce Wayne cancer, by the way. That was the fun part. Um, <laughs> so I found Batman. Uh, I, and I read Batman. I love Batman. I, he, mm-hmm. I find him kind of boring to write. Oh, okay. Because like. He's really like, oh no, my parents, oh, the, 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 <laughs> the pearls and the gun going off. And you're like, Jesus, we f- fucking get it with the pearls and the parents already. <laughs> Go to, th- you have act, does Gotham not have a single therapist? Seriously. Like, <laughs> like, and like, he just is, has this like rotating door of weird young boys who come in and out of his man. Right. It's like a strange, and I feel like an interesting take on Batman looks at all that stuff and it. Uh, no one really wants to do that inside DC. I don't think they're not which, like. Which, by the way, that. yeah. So, 
which, which, by the way, is is the subtext, or really, uh, subtext is the wrong word. It's the the I mean, alt plot of one of my absolute favorites, Cavalier and Clay. There you go. Which is like you know one of the uh, I'm looking at it right now on my shelf as I'm talking to you. But anyway, the short version is Trump really believes that he's Batman, right? Uh, and and the people who are close to him know that. And isn't that awful? Like, isn't that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so yeah. bad. That's so bad. And he is just the least intellectually curious person right. on on Earth, possibly. Yeah. Like yeah. he doesn't want to know anything because he thinks he knows everything about things he couldn't possibly know. It's insane. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I'm gonna try to end on a fun note uh, good, <laughs> because good we've luck. wandered. Now we're like, yeah. We, we've wandered into politics. And, uh, wandered. Uh, uh, get it? Mm, wandered. You can pay me later. I know. Um, with your, your filthy monkey's paw book <laughs> I, I know. Apparently I'm a millionaire. <laughs> I am informed by trolls Well, and, and not only just a millionaire, but also a library shuddering millionaire. That's yep. the best part. Like, yep. you, just, you just go around just like hammering. I hate, you know, like, yeah, I just hate all the libraries and I, I burn them down. Well, kind of like Martin Luther hammered 95 these you hammer 95 boards onto the people don't realize it's not actually covid that's gotten public libraries mm. closed right now. It's me. It's Chuck. me. Yeah. I literally take my millions and I pack it around the <laughs> library and then I light it on fire. Cuz I have that Which much is, money to burn. I'm just that kind well, of Well, that's actually a great idea for an Animal Crossing island. See? You could definitely do that. Oh, you could totally do that. Yeah. My so because this is at the table and because my background, you know, growing up was restaurant and my family's restaurant, just food in general. So the thing that I, I've been asking everybody, the one question that I've asked everybody so far is, um, what is the food in your house that if if shit hits the fan and you're not able to get to the store, is the last thing that you will eat? The thing that you are looking forward to eating the least? Oh boy, that's a good question. Um Hmm. And you've been doing good questions every night on Twitter, and this isn't one of them. But I'm glad no, that, is that a good, I'm, I like that question. That's a good question. Well, uh, you I might. Please, I'm tempted to steal it. Can I steal that tonight? I might steal that. Can you wait until I yes. put this episode up yeah, and then totally. use it to cross promote? And totally. that way, what I'll do is I'll I, put it up tonight, and then it'll look like I invented the question and oh, you, you stole it asshole. from me. You asshole. Yeah. You asshole. I know. Library uh, hating, library hating. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, I'll let it go. Jesus, Christmas. Thank you. Uh, God, that's a good question. I have various um, alternative grains I procured a long time ago. Like I have amaranth, and I don't know what the fuck I do with amaranth. It's yeah, not that it's no. bad. I'm just not really like I've got all this other shit to cook, and I don't feel like. And I've yeah. also got some lentils. And as much as I've had lentils be very good, I don't. I have never made them at home in a way that I am happy with. Uh, two 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 suggestions on lentils. Okay. One, get better lentils. Like my wife and I, in a in a caricature of ourselves, saw an article in the New Yorker about a, a like a, a heirloom beans company called Rancho Gordo. Yeah, and and like I started ordering them, and they're amazing. And we've actually got a delivery coming like this week, and I'm so excited about my like expensive box of beans that's coming to my house again. Checking all of our privilege. So a get better lentils. Okay, and that's B, the key. Yeah, these are in a can. So no, these those are those are shit lentils. Shit lentils. Got. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what it says on the can. It says shit lentils. So you're right. <laughs> it's, it's a bad packaging. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just you know, eat with the eyes before you eat with them. Yeah, right. that's unfortunate. Um, so you've got some weird grains. You've yep. got enough to fill a Ben Carson pyramid of grains. Mm-hmm. 
and a uh, and some lentils, and, and those will lentils, be the last yeah. thing. The, so if we see you tweeting about eating those lentils, that's when we know things have gotten bad. Yeah, probably. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I try to leave uh, everyone better than I found them, and the and and I try to like as much of a campsite rule as possible. Uh, leave each other better than we found. So all I can say is. I'm looking forward to everything that you're that you're working on because a lot of it has made me feel better with the exception of course of Wanderers which has now felt like like yeah. I'm reading Revelation as it's happening. Look at like, it this oh. way Wanderers is much worse though. Like I feel like this is a much more pleasant version of Wanderers really. Is it? Is it, it is. Because, it is because like everything I mean at least currently like you know in Wanderers most people are just like not hanging out watching Netflix and getting you know cool beans and lentils like they're like <laughs> People are, you yeah, know, that's true. the whole, yeah. I mean, you know, 90% of the world is getting like a bat a fungus and that's not good. Yeah. Okay. So things could get worse. Yeah. Um, in fact, out of all seriousness, that is the one, like, if you're asking me about like the thing that creeps in, I was like, if we ever have a pandemic based on a fungus, that was why I designed that. Cause like, we don't know how to fight fungals really well. Like even in a, the, the funguses that infect us normally, like we have a hard time dealing yeah. with them. I was like, Oh, imagine yeah. if one really really took us out yeah pistachio joe's got a diaper rash i mean he probably doesn't want me talking about this but my son has a has a diaper rash right now and uh yeah it's yeah. it's not fun it's and not that's fun. just on like that's the bit that's the bare bottom yep pun intended Literally, of, yeah. of fungus uh fungus that affects humans so yep. it's like yeah um so how can i leave you better because you've left me better with your work how can i what what is the thing what is it that you need at this point, like uh, what what makes you better at this point? Apparently, some good lentils. Because okay, it, really. well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you some lentils. I really am. Right. Just like I've been sending some people, you know, Reese's cups in the mail. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to send you some some lentils, and then that'll be see. Uh, thank you. Like I have, be, I believe it or not, I have way too much chocolate. But lentils, I don't. I mean, I think I need fucking real lentils. We're going to get you some some grade A, uncut. Real Californian lentils. Thank and you. You're gonna be excited. Is All this right. just weed? Is this just weed? Is that what you're sending me? Is that like wink? Are you winking? I mean, I'm in the, the district. Okay. I'm in the district, yeah. so you know it's it's very it's an essential service here in Good. DC. Yeah. Okay. All right. Chuck Wendig, who um, is, I mean, all the things that I've said, and just a, a real delight of a person to talk to. Thanks for spending some time at the table with me. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs>